Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy! I want to talk to you today about something that I would consider uh, a gift that I could give to you. I I was thinking uh, when I was praying about our time together today, and we welcome all those that are watching online and around the world, uh, what, what could be the best thing that I could do? And I want to share with you today what I would believe is the most important thing to me. It's not really a sermon. It's a lifestyle. It's something that I attribute everything uh, that I have that's related to God and my life. And, and so if, if I, I look at it this way, if this was the last message, if I had one last message to preach, uh, what would it be? It would be about what I'm going to talk to you today. So it comes from my heart, and I want to talk to you about prayer. Prayer. You know, when you say prayer, uh, people get a lot of different images in their mind. The first thing they get is like, oh, I should be doing more of that. It's like when someone says exercise, our diet. It's like, oh boy. Uh, and yet prayer is, is the most wonderful joy and blessing. And th- the biggest challenge with prayer is that, number one, we usually associate it with guilt and duty. And when you approach prayer as a duty, you're already off target. When you see prayer as an obligation, you've already missed the boat. You really need to see prayer as an opportunity. And when you approach it from that end, it really becomes the economy that really opens up heaven to your life. But the, the, the biggest reason why people don't pray is they don't really know what to say. What, what do I say? Well, we're going to solve that problem today because we're going to actually teach you and share with you what Jesus, the master prayer warrior, the master that understood how to connect divinity with humanity, he taught us. So we're going to go to Luke, the 11th chapter, first four verses, and we're going to talk about what to say when you pray. So Jesus, with his disciples, uh, they, they wanted to know how to pray because they understood this connection that Jesus had with the Father. Now, here's something that you and I must remember. We worship Jesus now as Savior and Lord, as King of kings. So we, we worship Jesus from a whole different standpoint from the way they saw Jesus. Because the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 2 that God, Jesus became flesh, and though he was equal with God, did not consider it robbery to be, but he emptied, watch carefully because this is important, this will actually help you to connect with God better. He emptied himself as God and became man, and subject himself, became subject to the limitations of a man. So Jesus lived his life on the earth as a man, limited and restricted to what a man could be and do. So then how did he do all of these beautiful miracles? How was he able to teach these beautiful stories? How? Because he prayed. And when they would give him credit for the miracles, what would he say? I didn't do it. The Father did it through me. How did you come up with these words? 
he would say, these are not my words, but the words the Father gave me. So the disciples knew that. They thought, this, this is incredible. And they knew the key was prayer. We get it. We see you getting up early in the morning. We see what we're doing. So watch this dialogue in Luke chapter 11, verse 1 through 4. It's coming on the screen, I believe, in Jesus' name. There it is. <laughs> now it came to pass, he, to pass. He was praying in a certain place. And when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say. Say that with me. When you pray, say. When you pray, say. One more time, please. When you pray, say. Bam. That's it. Right there. So what do I do? How do I pray? And it doesn't matter if you pray 30 seconds or 30 minutes. When you pray, say what I'm about to teach you. These are the words you say. I never get out of bed without saying these words. Often I say them several times. But when I pray, Jesus told us, when you pray, say. And here it comes. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. How long did that take us to say that? Well, let's just practice it. Let's do it together right now, if you don't mind. Are you ready? One, two, three. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Quiet bunch here this morning. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Give yourself a big hand clap. Bam. Boom. These are the words that you say. You can't get it wrong. When you pray, say. Now, what I want to help you is to help you understand what actually happens when you're saying these words. So you're getting out of bed or you're driving your car and, and, and you're thinking, man, I, I, need, I, got, I need, before I turn on the radio or check out the news, and, and especially nowadays, you know, the, the saying, no news is good news. Yeah, you know what I mean? No news is good news. And before you get caught up in the things of life, when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, you don't have to use the old English, although I like to because I feel connected to the 500-year history of the Christian faith. I feel like I'm using the same words that generations have used, but you can be less formal, but I like to say it. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. When I do that, something very important is happening to me with my connection with God. I'm getting a proper identity of who I am when I pray and say. And that's so important because when you do pray, whether it's for 30 seconds or 30 minutes, you must align your identity. You must know who you are, whose you are, because your posture or the identity that you take actually puts you in a position to actually see that your prayers connect. So if you don't embrace your identity, you might be approaching God like uh, a lottery, like 
I'm just going to throw this prayer out and hope that it connects. Or you might be praying based on desperation, based on uh, the, the, what you're going through. But it's so important to immediately grasp your identity. Listen to these words. You say, my father, my father. What are you saying? What are you telling yourself? I am a child of God. I am a child of God. No, not a, I'm a sinner. I'm no good. I haven't been praying. I feel bad. I feel guilty. Seems like every time I come to God, I've got trouble. Oh, no, no. I am a child of God. I am. That's your identity. That's your position. That's the mindset you take when you pray. Say, because that aligns you up with your heavenly father. That you can call God father, Abba, father. And this is the kind of father you have, beloved. The father that you have is a good father. He's a good, good father. All good gifts come from the good, good father. And Jesus said, this father that you're going to be praying to in my name, he's so good that he uses an idiom or a comparison. He says, the best father you can ever imagine ever having or being is evil compared to your heavenly father. Wow. Does that feel good? Yeah, because many of us struggle with an image of leadership, our authority in our life. And so we come with great fear. You have to come embracing your identity that you are a child of God. That's the posture. Your posture, your position is your place of confidence in your prayer. That's why when you pray, you should say My Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I'm coming to you. You see, when you see yourself positionally, properly aligned with God, here's another way of saying it. This will blow your mind. And the first time I say it, many of your minds are going to just shut down. It's going to be hard to accept this. But when you pray and you call God Father, you are now stepping in a position as if you are Jesus. Because when you call him Father, you're recognizing you're a child of God and you are actually standing in a position in the righteousness and in the position of Jesus. The Father sees Jesus when he sees you, when you pray and say. That was a, that was a PGA clap. I'm going to say it again. I want an NFL clap. I don't want it, but I want God to be celebrated. You understand that when you pray, say, our Father. And when you say, our Father, you're aligning yourself up as a child of God. And as a child of God, you have been made perfect. You have been made righteous. The Lord sees, Father sees Jesus when you pray. When that happens, when you say, our Father, you are in the righteousness, the place of position as of Jesus Christ. We have a saying here, as humans, practice makes perfect. So what that means is, if you keep practicing over and over, you might obtain to a place of perfection. 
Well, that's good with music and sports and in humanity, but that's not the way the kingdom of God operates. The kingdom of God is upside down. Here's the way it works with the kingdom. It's this. Perfect makes practice. In other words, you get in a position and you say, oh, wow, wow, because Christ died. And because he was without sin, and because he took sin on, he never committed sin, but he became sin, so that because he became sin, though he never did sin, I can then become righteous, even though I don't behave righteous, because of what Christ has done. So when I pray, I pray from an identity of I'm perfect. Yeah, yeah. And you say, well, what about all your hangups? Well, we're going to get to that in point four. But you see, if you could see yourself perfect, it will change the way you live your life. It'll change the way you practice life. You see, when you spend 30 seconds in the presence of God and you absorb the righteousness of Christ that you are, and you can feel the Father looking at you proud because he looks past your faults and sees your need. He looks past your sins and sees the righteousness that God has given to you. In those few seconds that you absorb that identity that you have, it will change your behavior until the more you are in that place of being perfect in your prayers, the more you will practice living out the life of which God has already gifted you to be. Is that powerful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You take that, you see, because God is indeed touched with the feelings of your infirmities. He knows you're weak. He knows your struggle. He knows you mess up. He knows all these things. One of the things you must understand about Jesus, who, who is absorbing the hits that we should be taking from God with guilt and shame, is that Jesus stands in that position, and he's touched by the feelings of your infirmities. You know what that means? That means he knows the temptation he knows the struggle. In fact, he knows what it's like to be tempted in his human mind and heart and soul more than you and I. You know why? Because we always give in to temptation. That means we've never absorbed the full force of resisting temptation. Because at some point, we end up giving in. Jesus never gave in, so he knows exactly how it feels to overcome sexual immorality, habits, speaking, saying, doing things, responding to people that do the wrong things. He knows that. He's touched with the feelings of your infirmities, but he's moved by your faith. That's why when you come to pray, you must come boldly to the throne of grace no shame, no blame. Don't play religion with God and say, God, you know, I haven't talked to you in a long time. I feel really bad. I don't even know if you're going to pay attention to me. You actually have to walk boldly, and that forces you to take a hold of your identity because you can't do it any other way. And you're like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I feel so ashamed. I feel so ashamed. You can't come in unless you do it the right way. Okay, okay, what do I do? When you pray, say, our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, which, by the way, is my name too. Because I am. You understand that? Does that help you? So the next words you pray, when you say, when you pray, say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Now, why do you pray that? Why do you say that when you pray? It's because immediately it gives your life intentionality. You begin to recognize your life is a life of intention. That life doesn't just happen. It's not just random activities. But in fact, there is an intentional purpose God has for your life. You are part of the solution to this world's pollution. You are an extension of God on the earth. God has a plan for humanity. And he determined, according to Acts 17, when you would be born, where you would be born, by whom you would be born through, because you do not come from your parents You come through your parents so that you can fulfill a life of purpose on the earth. So every time you pray, say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I have a purpose. My life counts. And it reminds us not to be controlled by the things we cannot control. Right? How many feel like your life is just like out of control? Like, oh man, the virus, the pandemic, the inflation, all of these things. It's out of control. And I'm just reacting. No, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. My life is intentional. I do not have to be controlled by that which I cannot control. That'll set you free. See, several years ago, my wife and I bought uh, this is not a commercial. I wish it was. I uh, give the donation to the church, but we bought a sleep uh, number bed, and it's these fancy beds that really they're they're an air mattress with a mattress on top of it, with some mechanisms to it. But it's pretty cool, and it moves up and down. It's all that. It's all that. So it's a cool thing. At the time, a few years ago, I had a small little place in California, which is now my place of home. And then I had another place in Texas because I worked with Pastor Joel in Lakewood Church. So one night I was in Texas. Jeannie was in California. She had been sick and I was home alone. And she knows that whenever she's not at home in bed, I always sleep on her side of the bed (laughs) for two reasons. It's closer to the restroom and those over 50 know what I'm talking about, so... And I just like it. I just like sleeping on her side of the bed when she's not there. I like everything. I I eat her food off of her plate. Her food tastes better than my food. So I go to bed late, so I'm tired. So about 6.30 in the morning, I'm still pretty strong asleep. And while I'm sleeping on her side of the bed, 6.30 in the morning, all of a sudden, the bed, the feet, the foot of the bed goes up. And I'm like kind of still asleep. And I'm like, what? Oh, man, must be a dream. A few seconds later, the head goes up. I'm like, what? I'm thinking, I'm sitting on the remote. I look over, there's the remote right there. I pick it up. Nobody's touching it. I'm like, whoa, this is freaky. I'm like, what? What is going on? And then it's again. The foot goes up. And then the head at the same time. I'm turning into a human taco. And now I never saw the movie Exorcist, but I heard about it. And I'm thinking, devil. Evil. I am now praying in tongues and screaming the name of Jesus. 
Finally, it goes down. I'm like, what? A week later, I'm in California with my wife and Jeannie. She's so clever. She's so smart. She's so cool. She didn't say anything. And we're talking. She said, everything fine? I said, yeah. How's the house? Fine. She said, how's your sleeping? Were you sleeping well? I said, actually, I had this weird experience. She starts laughing. Little did I know that when you have a sleep number bed, you can buy an app. And so at 4.30 in the morning, she was bored, and she was controlling me. What I'd like to tell you today is, I don't care who's got your app. You do not have to be controlled by what you cannot control. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. My life matters, and nobody can take that away from me. When you pray, say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. My life matters. Everything works for good, not just because everything works for good, but everything works to good according to those who are called, according to his purpose. Every day, align yourself lest you drift from your gift and despair and hopelessness and feeling like your life is out of control. When you pray, say, give us this day our daily bread. When you say those words, what are you saying? You're saying, I need to hear from you, God. I need a word today. The Bible tells us that Jesus said, man shall not live by natural bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, all around the world, I want to say something very important. God has a frequency of which he's speaking constantly. It's not an issue of would God dare speak to you, but God Give me ears to hear what you are saying. He practically begs us in Revelation. Please, those that have ears, hear what the Spirit is saying to you. Without making it mystical, without freaking you out, can I tell you that God wants to speak to you. How does he do that? With instincts, intuition. There's this thing called in your gut. You People say, I feel this in my gut. Pastor Joe says that a lot. Well, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is in our belly. The Holy Spirit is in our belly. And if you are sanctified and if you are born again and if the Holy Spirit you believe in, it will speak to you. It will give you nudges. It will get gut checks rarely bounce. Learn to trust the daily word impressions that are proceeding from God. And the Bible says it comes by reason of use. So sometimes you don't get it all right. Sometimes it's not all perfect. But the more you say when you pray, Lord, today I want to hear you. Today I want to have a sensitivity to the intuitions that you're always sending my way. I just need to be a little bit more paying attention to them. A kind word, a smile, 
of going out of your way to help somebody. A text, a call, a prayer, a a $20 bill in a single mother's hand. As you say, God bless you. There are moments every day that if you listen to this intuitiveness, God will allow you to hear. And I think every day has a destiny moment. And if you'll hear it, you'll connect with it. So it becomes so powerful. Years ago, my uncle called me in California and said, Phil, I have a school friend that I went to school with. I haven't seen him in 40 years, but I can't get his face out of my mind. Uh, And he gave me his name and he said, he's in the real estate business. And uh, I said, "Uh, okay, great. This is Orange County. There's 3 million people, probably 3000 real estate agents. He said, "I, I don't know, Phil. I didn't know who to call. I can't get him out of my mind. I see his face in front of me right now. I said, well, okay, I'll look up his name, see if I can find him. I picked up my mail. The mail was full of junk mail. I was throwing the junk mail away. And when I went through it, there was the name of my uncle's friend who he had not seen in 40 years. And there was his face and there was his name and there was his cell phone number and the instinct, the intuitiveness to give me what I need to do today. Is there an assignment? Just one thing today. All I need is one. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, call, call now. I called. He answered. Voice was crackly. Sounded very down. Sir, my name is Phil Muncy. I'm a pastor. My uncle went to school with you 40 years ago. I'm calling you just to call you. Just he 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 can't get you out of his mind. Pause. Now I hear tears. Voice crackling. I can't take it anymore. I have put a hose from my pipe of my car into the back window of this car. I want to die. I don't want to live. Oh, sir, God loves you. He put you on your friend's heart that you hadn't seen in 40 years. I get your mail just now. Don't do this. This is God saying to you, you matter. Your life matters. He turns the car off. He changes the course of his mindset. He gives his life back to God. His marriage becomes strong and he lives a strong, purposeful life. Can I tell you, heaven is talking. Are you hearing it? Give me this day my daily bread. Let me hear. Let my intuitiveness kick in. And then, lastly, innocence. Innocence. One of the most important things to capture when you pray is to say, I have the right identity, I have the right intentions. I have an intuitiveness. I am innocent. How does this happen? It comes by God's grace that you get to involve and activate by saying these words. I am forgiven of all of my sins and I choose to forgive every one of the sins that have been committed against me. In that moment, innocence is captured. 
in that moment, the weight of shame is lifted. In that moment, the resentment is lifted. All of the things that we've done bad that make us feel bad, all of the wrongs that we have done, and all of the things that have been done wrong to us immediately are lifted and innocence is captured. I wrestled with the word holy as a student of the Bible now for 48 years. What does holy mean? We say it all the time. When we get to heaven, it says we're going to be saying that all the time. Holy, holy. You know what I think it means? Because I've looked under the Greek and I've looked under the Hebrew. To me, holy is pure innocence. Don't you long to have moments where you don't think you're being manipulated? You hope somebody's not lying to you. You hope it's not hype. Aren't you longing to be at a place where you can be yourself and feel the innocence, the load of guilt and shame and resentment lifted? So like that little baby that we all love. Oh, look at that baby. You know what you love about that baby? Innocence. And you can have it every time you pray. If you say, I'm forgiven. I choose to forgive. The professor asked the students, how much do you think this bottle weighs? Four ounces? Maybe more? The professor said, actually, it depends on how long you hold it. Because if you hold it for 30 seconds, it's just four ounces. But if you hold it for an hour, it's going to feel like about a half a pound. If you hold it and don't let go of it for three or four hours, it's going to feel like a rock. And if you hold it for days, you'll ultimately cause damage to your ligaments. How long are you going to hold on to your shame? How long are you going to hold on to what your husband did to you, what your kids did to you? How long are you going to hang on to it? Because if you hang on for it just a little bit, you'll be all right. If you hold on to it day after day, and when you pray, you don't say, I'm forgiven, I forgive. Innocence is lost. Cynicism, judgmentalism. You see everybody through the lens of your own guilt and shame, and life becomes hard. Today, recapture your innocence. Today, when you pray, say these words Father, thank you for your presence today. Thank you. That you've given us the words to say when we pray. And Lord, whether it's 30 seconds or it grows into minutes and maybe even an hour. Thank you for teaching us that when we pray, we say these words. Now with every head bowed and your heart open to Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question. If your heart was to stop beating in the next few moments and you would face eternity, are you at peace with Almighty God? If not, I'm not here to condemn anybody. God has already forgiven you of all your sins. All you need to do is to accept the free gift of eternal life. And that comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. 
I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a few moments to respond to the Holy Spirit. For today, He has led you here. And whether you're watching or you're in this building, today is your day of salvation. You say, I I, I don't want to raise my hand. I, I don't want to be embarrassed. Look, the Bible says if you're not ashamed of Him, He won't be ashamed of you. So don't let that stop you. Maybe you're saying, I, I don't want to be a hypocrite. If I raise my hand, that means I'm going to be starting to live like a Christian. Know this, that God gives you the power. God gives you the righteousness. God gives you the grace. It's not you, but God. You say, well, I'll do it at another time. No, today is the day. Now your heart is beating fast. You feel the presence of God. Or perhaps you are a Christian but your heart has grown cold towards the things of God. And you need a fresh start. You need a new beginning. If that's you, in a moment, I want you to lift your hands. And in doing so, you're going to give God a chance to give you grace, forgiveness, and a transformation from the old to the new. If that's you right now, I want you to lift your hand all over the building online slip your hand up i want christ to be my lord and savior or i've grown cold in my heart and i need a fresh new start a new beginning just slip your hand just hold it up there i want to see it because i'm going to pray for you lift it up all over the building there's more of you I, I, I this is my day this is my day this is my moment for a fresh start anyone else i believe there's two or three more just slip that hand up keep it up there just for a moment we want you to know we're so proud. We're so thankful. The heavens are thankful. This is the moment he's been waiting for. This is your day. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm going to help you do that. We're all going to pray this together. Let's pray. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. You died on the cross for my sins. God raised you from the dead. I repent of my sins and I make you my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, you are born again. Come on, somebody give the Lord praise. Put your hands together. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You can take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.